Amen. You know, when, uh, when I had told Melissa what I was preaching on, um, I told her I, the, the sermon title is uh, The Shepherds Watch Their Flocks by Night. We're going to be preaching on the shepherds. And I didn't, I, I didn't know any of the songs she was going to pick out. And I thought they were most appropriate for where God wants to take us today. I also thought it was quite humorous, and I'm going to go ahead and draw attention to it. I'm sorry, Merle. I thought it was quite humorous that the video was as long as it was. I don't think we planned for it to be that long, that you saw um, David Platt preaching. But I think that God just had an intention of letting us know the background of what we're about to talk about. Isaiah sitting and looking at what was happening saw the glories of heaven. Isaiah went and he said, woe is me for I'm unclean. And he bowed his head and an angel came over and took a coal from the altar and touched his lips. And we know that Isaiah was able to look upon heaven. And he saw the angels, the seraphim. And as David Platt already stole it from my sermon, (laughs) seraphim quite literally means angels on fire. And so it provides a good background for what we're about to dive into. If you have your Bible taken, turn to Luke chapter 2. And I want to read from verses 8 through verses 20 about some gentlemen that we often sing about and we often talk about during the Christmas season, but the true reality of, uh, of their presence at the manger scene is often left unsaid and unnoticed. And I think that their approach has great relevance to us today. Luke chapter 2 and verses 8 through 20. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Remember we talked about seraphim, angels of fire. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Let's pray together. Even now, Lord, even now, 
God, as we know of the Christ child, as we know of the baby born in Bethlehem, I pray that you would draw our hearts like you did those shepherds on that night. That we would run to Jesus. God, I pray that you would let your word go forth today. That you would hide this one behind the cross. And that much would be made of the name of Jesus today. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. The shepherds watch their flocks. A little background on shepherds, if we will. Shepherds in Bethlehem were an important breed of people. Shepherds, we know because of uh, the Jewish tradition, because of who they were, we know that they had known about the Old Testament. We know that children began to go to the synagogue to learn at a very early age. And they would learn about Jesus. They would learn about the Messiah, not Jesus as they knew him, but as the Messiah. And they heard many, 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 many times of this one called the Messiah. And so the shepherds were very aware of the Messiah. Now, the shepherds being aware of the Messiah also would have been part of Jewish culture. And we know specifically of the flocks at Bethlehem that Bethlehem was where the shepherds who sold their sheep at the temple where they raised their sheep. Bethlehem was the place where the lambs who were to be sacrificed for the sins of families, for the sins at the temple, those lambs were found in Bethlehem. And so it's a cool spin on where Jesus came from, where he was born, and what we know of the shepherds. We know that they were a distinct group of men, uh, of young men, that took care of these flocks with great, great care. These flocks were very important in their life. They took care of them meticulously. It was their livelihood. It was what they survived on. It was important to them because they knew what those lambs represented. And so we find these shepherds in the fields at Bethlehem, and all of a sudden, something happens. An angel appears to them. Guys, it's the middle of the night when you're in the woods, when you're out in a field, when you're in the dark, and all you have is stars and the moon. If a bright light shows somewhere, you're going to see it. And it's going to startle you, especially if it comes out of nowhere. And so these shepherds are sitting there watching their flocks, and an angel appears to them. A seraphim, like we just heard from David Platt, a seraphim, a blazing fire, appears in the sky over them. You're darn right they were afraid. I would have been too. I would have been like, oh, I'm going to die. And they were afraid for their lives. They were afraid for their flocks. What is about to happen to all of these flocks that I have? They were afraid. But the angel immediately addresses it, praise the Lord, and says, do not be afraid. 
do not be afraid, because I bring good news of great joy. For unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill to men. The shepherds, in an instant, it clicked in their mind and they realized, Messiah. We have heard from God and He has told us that there is a Savior born. And He's not only born, He's born in our town. Let's go see Him. Let's go find the Messiah. Oh, that we would respond in the same way. I fear for a lot of us, especially when we get around this time of year, I fear that it has become such a, uh, I don't want to say monotonous, but we've come, become so numb to the fact that Jesus was born to us. We've become numb to the fact that Jesus, a divine being, was made flesh for us. We've become so numb to it that we've forgotten how to respond. We've forgotten what it means to run and fall at the manger. So I want to challenge you with a couple things. I want to challenge you with a couple things that we see in these shepherds as we move forward. The first thing is this. The shepherds left their income. They left their income. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. They came quickly. They came with abandon. They came immediately and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Am I the only one that sees that they left all them sheep out in the hills? Do you see that? They left every single one of them sheep. And I know that we see sheep in the manger scene. And maybe they're just part of the manger scene itself in Bethlehem. Because they didn't come with the shepherds. The shepherds left everything immediately. Immediately. And found Mary and Joseph. I wonder sometimes where our commitment lies when it concerns our income, our livelihood, our jobs, our work, our careers. These young men sat and saw the glory of God and heard that there was a Messiah and they immediately left everything that they had worked for up to that point and went to Him. Church, we're getting to a point in our day and age where there is going to be a decision that you will have to make. My livelihood or my Savior. We are going to get to that point. Scripture tells us that if the Lord delays His coming, that in the end days that we will get to that point 
that it will depend on our commitment to God. It will depend on our view of the Messiah. Whether we work and have, or whether we follow Jesus and trust Him. Where are you at today on that commitment? That's my first question to you. Could you drop everything and go for Jesus? Could you? And you say, well, DJ, that's, that's kind of an easy decision for you because you're in ministry, so let's, I mean, we'll just go ahead and get that out of the way, all right? You're right, that would be a little bit of an easy opportunity for me because I could just say, you know what, I'm already doing this, I'm just going to go do what God wants. But the reality is, is that the human instinct in me knows that I've got to provide for my wife and my child. The human instinct in me knows that I've got to take care of things. I've got to provide. I've got to make sure that everything is taken care of. And it exists in all of us. That human tendency to hold on to everything that we have and not run to the Savior. Where are you at on that today? The shepherds left their income. The shepherds left their inhibitions. Number two. We do see that they were afraid. The glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid in verse four. Yes, of course they were afraid. But the angel says to them, do not fear. I bring good news. Would anybody else have taken the angel's word at that point? No, I think the, I think the shepherds were still like, you're a ball of fire in the sky. I'm going to just uh, stay back here. You know, you talk to me from up there. And they were still afraid. And even more than that, when we talk about the fact that they left everything, surely the thought crossed one of their minds. What are we going to do? If, if we get back and all our sheep have run off? What are we going to do if we get back and a lion has come and it has eaten a few of our sheep? What are we going to do if we get back and our boss is standing there waiting on us saying, where in the world have you been? What are we going to do? I'm sure that at least one or two of them held those kind of inhibitions. But they soon left them and they ran to Jesus. Guys, following Jesus is not easy and there's plenty, plenty, plenty to be afraid of, to fear. The fear of persecution, the fear of rejection, the fear of insufficiency, the fear of doubt. Guys, there's much to be afraid of. But it pales in comparison to the baby sitting in a manger. It pales. They left their income. They left their inhibitions. They went and they saw Jesus. He was in the manger. They bowed before Him. 
and they experienced the Messiah. They experienced the one who had come to change history for the Jewish people. They came and they experienced the Christ child in all of His glory. But I love that the story doesn't stop right there. I love that Luke decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and put in here what happened next. Because it is because of what happened next that I really admire these shepherds. Yes, they left all. They took big risks by leaving. They left their income behind. They could have lost every one of those sheep and they wouldn't have got paid. They would have made any type of living on that. They left their inhibitions. There was lots to be afraid of leaving the sheep. But they chose to run to Jesus. But lastly, number three, they lived the incredible experience they had. Verse 17. Now when they had seen Him, when they had seen Him, They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled. Mary kept all these things in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. To follow Jesus means that we leave all behind, but it also means that we turn and we live out the experience of coming face to face with Him. You and I have come face to face with Jesus Christ Himself. We talked about this in Sunday school this morning that God saw fit to love us, the unlovable. He he saw fit to call us His own. That is big time. That is huge. A perfect heavenly father decided to call an imperfect child his own. In me and in you. They saw him. And then they made known who he was. Are you making much of the name of Jesus? Are you making much of the name of Jesus? Is it so incredible in your life what Jesus has done that you go around and you tell people about what he's done? Is it so incredible in your life that you spend time sharing with others? Hey, this is what was told of me about God and this is what he has done through me in Christ Have you made much of the name of Jesus? They went back praising and glorifying God for all the things they had seen and heard. Have you spent a lot of time praising His name for these things? Here's the hard reality of this. And I'm going to share share this with you. It's going to kind of damper how you feel about these shepherds. Here's the hard reality. Those shepherds went to that manger. 
saw what they thought was the Messiah King. You see, for hundreds of years, the people of God had went without hearing from God. And they knew the Messiah would come and they interpreted Scripture to mean that He would come and that He would overthrow the Roman government. That Jesus Himself, the King, would come and He would replace Caesar on the throne. And that they would live in harmony once again. That they would be called of God's people once again. That they would take Israel back. That the years of oppression from taxing, the years of oppression from beatings, the years of oppression from slavery would go away. That King Jesus would sit on the throne and He would set up an earthly kingdom and the Jews would reign. That's what the shepherds went and worshipped Jesus for. And I fear, I fear that we have become so prosperity-minded that we feel like Jesus is supposed to do the same for us. That when we come to Jesus, that He's supposed to sit on the throne as King Jesus, and that He is supposed to make everything right, and make everything okay. And we have missed what the angels have told us. We have missed out on what God desired in the baby Jesus. Look back at the scripture there. Verse 11. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Unto you this day is born a Savior. You and I, we know the great story of the baby in the manger. But you and I also have something that the shepherds didn't have. We have the great story of a king, a lord, a savior who rolled away the stone and rose on the third day. We don't have to lay down before the manger and pray and hope for a king. We can sit at the empty tomb of Jesus and we can praise Him that we have a Savior. We can praise Him that we have a home in heaven. We can praise Him that He is going to fix everything. We can praise Him that we worship that Jesus. But oh, how we miss the mark so many times. Myself included. If you have your Bible, take it and turn it to Revelation chapter 19. Guys, the shepherds left everything. Shepherds left everything for a baby laying in a manger. And you and I find it hard to get up on Sunday morning to worship a risen Savior. You and I find it hard. To share our story of the Savior, of the cross. You and I find it hard to do that within our family and within our friends. The shepherds, they went and they bowed before Jesus as a baby. And I think you and I, just to be honest with you, I think you and I are comfortable to do the same. We're comfortable to come and worship the baby Jesus. 
And I think that we forget the image of Jesus that we have. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened up, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except for himself. As he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, Followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he would strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You and I do not worship a baby in a manger. We worship a king who will ride back and he will take back what is his. Do not forget that. Do not let that go this year. Jesus, the baby, became Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. You and I worship that Jesus. The shepherds, the reality is, is they went back to the field. And they continued, they continued believing that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. That he was come to overthrow the Roman government. I imagine maybe some of these shepherds were in the crowds that we find in Matthew. That began to leave when they realized that Jesus was not king to overthrow the Roman government. They worshiped the baby as Messiah, but they realized soon that he had come as Savior and not as King. Guys, don't leave here today. Don't leave here today. Don't leave here today. Worshiping the baby in the manger. When you walk out of this place, remember that you worship the King of kings and Lord of lords, riding on a white horse with a name that is above every name. We worship that Jesus. Don't remain, don't remain in your seeking of the Messiah. He has come. He is here. Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray together. Father God, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for its piercing power in our lives. And God, we thank you. We do thank you for the baby in the manger. We thank you for the name Jesus, for Emmanuel. God, with us. We thank you for that. 
God, don't let us just cling to that. Let us remember that we serve and worship a glorious Savior. Who overcame death. It didn't just come to sit as king over the Roman government, but came as king of kings and lord of lords over the world and over my life. God, I pray that as we've been challenged today, God, that we would make much of the name of Jesus. These shepherds, God, they made much of the name of Jesus and they worshiped him just as a baby. How much more, how much more shall we make the name of Jesus, worship, worshiping and knowing Him as Savior of our lives. God, I thank You for that challenge today. Thank You for that challenge in my life. And so oftentimes, I want to cling to that baby in the manger because it doesn't involve commitment from me. Because it doesn't involve a radical giving of my life for you. God, remind me of the Jesus found in Revelation 19. That he's a leader that I can give my life for the cause of. That he's glorious in all things and I can tell others about him. God, I pray you would be glorified in our lives. That the name of Jesus would be made much in our lives. It's in your name that I pray.